Jesus, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Maundy Thursday is about the command to love one another in the same way that Jesus has loved. Maundy is an English transliteration of the Latin mandate from St. John 1334, quote, a new commandment or a new mandate I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This command to love seems simple at first, but the more we explore what it means to love, it becomes daunting and overwhelming. How can we begin to express an all-encompassing love like Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, who held all those that he met in the love of his person? In order to love greatly like Jesus, we must be willing to open ourselves up to pain. In love, we make ourselves vulnerable to another person. Sometimes this person is a friend, a relative, or perhaps the creator. Love necessitates a relationship in which we let our guard down and allow others to be close, to get to know us, and in turn, we get to know them. It is only in these intimate relationships where we are fully known that we can experience love to its fullest potential. Yet, it is also in these relationships where we run the risk of being the most wounded. Tonight marks the beginning of a quick turn of events which lead to the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. There are many instances throughout the Gospels where Jesus' life was in danger, where he was threatened, and he always got away or took a boat or went around the corner because his hour had not yet come. But tonight and tomorrow, his hour has come. These Holy Week services are full of mixed emotions. We are celebrating the institution of our primary act of worship, participation in the Holy Meal, in the midst of a deep betrayal looming over the scene. In the words of Alexander Schmemann, tonight has the feel of a bright sadness. This bright sadness is felt in the overall atmosphere or mood that these worship services bring about in the liturgy. These services are not for the easily disturbed, for they can feel as if we are participating in some sort of communal endurance training, especially if you're in the choir. But the reality is we are participating in endurance training. This is the point of worship, of liturgy, to shape and train us towards a life focused on union with God and love for others. Culturally, we are conditioned towards impatience, which makes Holy Week very difficult. You might be wondering, why do we keep waiting and postponing 
and dragging out the inevitable crucifixion, subconsciously holding on for the next exciting moment to jump out at us. That shiny thing we are drawn to as children that take us off course and lead us into chaos. But the bright sadness of Maundy Thursday gives way to the deeper sadness of Good Friday, with Easter still far away. We need the time and space to orient our emotions towards this end. Too many of us believe we are doing something wrong when we feel sad. So we push all of our sad feelings aside as if they are something foreign to our human nature. We must have not read all the stories of Jesus weeping throughout the scriptures. In this holistic experience of worship, we are taken up into the bright sadness as the long and seemingly monotonous chanting of the choir continues on through the foot washing, and it continues on through the stripping of the altar, which represents Christ's closest friends and disciples abandoning him. The altar is stripped of all its beauty. And this chanting and this endurance can seem foreign to you, and you might not like it at first. But as Bishop Scarlett often says, most good things in life are an acquired taste. We don't like them first. But if we are patient, we can learn to rejoice in the bright sadness. Because we are impatient, we have no idea how to wait and prepare for anything, really. I remember going to a, a wedding, and um, I love wedding parties. They can be really fun. But part of the celebration is you're, you're celebrating something that just happened. You're celebrating, you know, so there's this, this waiting, and then there's the marriage, and then there's a party. Just like, you know, you don't open all your Christmas presents 10 days before, the kids want to, but you, you wait, and then it's more exciting when you wait, and you have, uh, you have to wait. But I'm sure we've all been to weddings where people are you know, drunk before the wedding starts. That's, that's a lack of uh, patience. They want to party all the time, and it's great to party, but we need to party in due season. We cannot wait for marriages. We cannot wait for, for anything, and um, I'm guilty of this too, which is why I have Amazon Prime. But this is also why we need to slow down and enter into this moment. We need to enter into this sacred sadness that will become bright and lead us to the new fire of Easter at the vigil, which I hope some of you can come that are up for more endurance training on late Saturday night, where we will celebrate the bright and morning star, Jesus Christ, who gives his love to all that receive it. And this is our primary challenge tonight. This is our mandate, to receive the love of Jesus in order that we might begin to love others. But this is painful. Why is it painful? It becomes painful to accept the love of God shown forth in Jesus because we must allow him to access parts of our life that we do not like to show parts of our life that we do not want to talk about, parts of our life that we may have forgotten or suppressed because these parts of our life are too painful to remember. 
Although tonight is about the mandate for us to love others, it is also the night of the foot washing and the institution of the Lord's Supper, both expressions and extensions of God's love into the present moment. And surely this act of the foot washing is just one way or just one act of how it is difficult to receive love. Surely Jesus' disciples were uncomfortable at the reception of this act of love. Not only was this act of foot washing reserved for slaves and servants, those in the first century actually had dirty feet. We think we have dirty feet, but they didn't have uh, Allen Edmonds and wool socks or Nikes. They wore sandals everywhere and they had dirt roads. So they had horribly dirty feet. And the last thing they wanted was their king, their beloved, to sit down and wash their feet. It was a job for servants, not for the king of kings. This is why Peter initially refused. Lord, why are you washing my feet? God, do you really love me? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing to you, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Too often we want to understand everything that's happening before we accept it. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. He's not going to accept it. But Jesus answered and said, If I do not wash you, you will have no part in me. Peter says, oh, well then wash my hand, wash my, not my feet only, but my hands, my head, wash my whole being. This latter part should be our response to the gift of love. But we make the reception of love problematic because most of us would not want to completely enter into, a, most of us would not want to enter into a relationship fully as the beloved if we realize what's involved. And this Rejection of love is rooted in fear, the fear of being exposed for who we really are. But as St. John reminds us, there is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear. To live the mandate to love, we must allow Christ's love to permeate our unique individuality with all of our spots and blemishes. You may think that you have been too wicked or too immoral or lazy or slothful to receive this love. But please remember no one is beyond the love of God for it encompasses the whole world. From here as the beloved of God, we can start to love ourselves as Christ commanded us. And then we can slowly and carefully begin to see how we can extend that love to others. That love that is planted by God deep into our hearts will grow through the spiritual exercises and endurances we face, such as Holy Week and other disciplines throughout our lives. With all the bright sadness of a love born out of death, we may be made complete and able to love those God brings into our lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.